Okay, on today's edition of my podcast, Thoughts of Sam, the Wise Man, we're going to go over some of the NBA Finals a little bit, but mostly I want to talk about the Utah Jazz and what's going on and what's going to happen this offseason so that we can um, have this, you know, conversation and get it flowing because, you know, right around the corner it's the offseason and it's going to come. So... Here we go. The NBA Finals so far has been pretty much how I kind of expected it in some aspects. Um, Toronto comes out really strong in the first game. Powerful. Dominate. Warriors Warriors played well, but not well enough. Then the second game was just how I kind of expected it to again. In some aspects, the, the Warriors playing their game and everything like that. And... So had injuries and other stuff happened in that game, which is crazy. And I thought, and I thought the um, Toronto had all the all the opportunities in the world to win that game. They they just all there. It was handed on a it was handed on a table to them on a platter, and they just blew it. And so I feel like if Toronto loses the finals, in let's say game six or seven, I I would blame game two. They should have had it. They should have won it. They couldn't score. They let they let Warriors go on an 18-0 run or 20, whatever it was. And but they kept fighting back in it and kept working hard. But they oh they just had too many dry spells. And same with the Warriors. They had a lot of dry spells too. They had a lot of miss. It just looked a little sloppy and everything like that. And that second game was just was just weird. It's just the typical weird game when, you know, this the finals. They should be in the best um, form of their career, of the year, so of the season. But sometimes you're just get, sometimes you're just exhausted from playing that many games and going and going and going. And you just gotta keep, you just gotta push and endure it and keep shooting, and something will fall and something will work and whatever. And it, was just a mess in that game. And Golden State pulled it out and won it. And then we went back to and then we go to then we go back then we go to the Warriors home court in game three and and you know there was a lot of speculations if Clay Thompson was gonna play because of his injury and all this and that and it was what well, what I expected. hundred percent expected Toronto to win that game because Clay Thompson wants it there there was no one there. There's no loony. They're all out, and so like the Warriors were depleted, but then you still got you still had to believe in them a little bit because they had Seth Curry and Damon Green. That's you know, and you never know what you're gonna get from Demarcus because he could go off, but he didn't. And Clay Thompson played an amazing game. Not Clay Thompson. Seth Curry played an amazing game that game, and they still lost. Like he gave it everything he had to try to get that team. A win, and you know Toronto should have won by a lot more. I feel like I feel like they should have dominated more with how um, injury the Golden State Warriors were. But it was a home game, so they had a little help there with that. But it was a typical game that I thought was kind of supposed to happen. In my opinion, when I when I started watching this game, I was like, Ah, Toronto's gonna win it. They should just pounce them in this one kind of let this one happen, like, and move on, and so forth, and so, I don't, and so, 
And I know the Warriors were a little cautious with Clay Thompson, but it was actually kind of, I think it was kind of a smart move to not play him. Even though this is like you play no matter what, this is it. You know, like if this if the Warriors don't win this, they'll blame that one for not playing. They'll blame them. they'll blame them for themselves for not playing Clay Thompson in that game. But this the next game they'll be ready for it and get all the help they need, the answers and stuff. And I thought Kawhi Leonard should have had a better game last game, but something's off with him. I think he, I think he's, I think he might be playing hurt, but he won't say it. It might be something I don't know exactly what, but and then call out Loudry played really well, played stolid game and everything like that. And it was a series that I expected so far in some aspects, but not kind of the injuries and stuff from Golden State. And, you know, it, it gave, Seth Curry got a little taste. Seth Curry got a little taste. Got a little taste of what um, LeBron goes through with Cleveland in the finals when he had to do all the offensive load for the team. And it's, it's so hard to do that. I mean, it's so hard to win a game and just do everything, everything you can. And so... Yeah, and I, and I don't know what's going to happen the next game or two or whatever. It's it's like a roller coaster. One second Toronto looks really good. One second Warriors look. It's just kind of all over the place. But let me know what you think of what's going to happen. Um, whoever listens to this, um, who's who's still going to win it? Um, who's going to be the MVP of pretty much the team that wins against MVP? Um, you don't give it to a losing team, losing player team, whatever. So, um, yeah, let me know what happens there. Um, now I want to talk a lot about the about the Utah Jazz and their offseason and the season itself. I mean, it was kind of expected season. I thought they might have done, I thought they should have done a little better with um, the beginning of the season, but they had a really hard, tough schedule. They actually in my opinion, didn't play any better than they did the year before in some aspects because they didn't they didn't really play well against uh, the better teams, the playoff teams, um, the teams that have winning records. And so I don't think they... They're not there with the elite teams. They're close, but they're not there with, like, always competing against them, being the best teams. They beat the worst teams a lot and occasionally beat a good team here and there. And so, like... That doesn't work with you, so and stuff, and so and they and they just need they need a lot more offense, and so Donovan Mitchell should <coughs> putting in a lot of this offense, and it's been I think it kind of drained him and made him tired a lot, and I know he said at the end of the season after the playoffs he was a little he needs to get in shape he needs to be better because. You know, you do all these things. You think you're in great shape. You're doing, you're working out. You're working so hard. You do all these things, but then once the end of the season comes, you're like, I'm drained. I'm so tired. And you're like, I need to get in better shape. I need to keep working hard. I need to keep focused. I need to keep my mentality and everything. So, when then, then they come to the playoffs and they and they show up against uh, Houston, which is a team that they didn't want, but they didn't care who they played. And I was like, No, you do, guys. The Jazz, you do care who you play because the Houston Rockets 
are not the team you want. They will. They have so much firepower that we don't have. Yeah, we have the defense, but you got to score. You can't just have defense and not score. Like, you got to score. And Donovan struggled scoring. Ricky Rubio did struggled. He's not the scoring type. Joe Ingles didn't score well. I mean, Rice O'Neal came in. And it saved us from getting even more, looking more horrible than we were. And then Gobert didn't do much. Gobert, just his offense and his defense was there and just dominant and did his things that he could. But it was, he, we needed, we, we couldn't do some of the things, get him points and get him kind of, you know, his stuff going a little bit. And so, I mean, the Jazz just, they did not have the shooters. And, I, and it was kind of hard for me watching because, they did have some guys that they had playmakers before, but they let them go. They traded them. They got rid of Hood and Alec Burks, and those two guys were real crucial to the team. I really thought. I mean, yeah, they complained and wanted to be the next, you know, shooting guard on the team and starter and play, but they kind of complained and they weren't and they weren't showing in. They were, and and they had some injury histories with the both of them, but they're playmakers and they can play. They can do isolation a little bit and get their own shots. And we didn't have that. All we had was Donovan Mitchell, really, that could physically do that. You know, occasionally Ricky Rubio would do it and Joe Ingles, you know, every so often, and Crowder and whatever, whoever else. But mostly it was Donovan Mitchell. And so it was really hard when Golden State has all these guys that could do it and you're the only, really the only guy that can do it. It's like, it's, like, it's so hard. And so I felt like when those two players got traded, well, got traded, and we got Corver, I was like, "Oh, I love Corver, but he's not. He does. He does. He's not a playmaker. He's a spot-up three-point shooter. He moves around the court, and you find him open and throws it in and scores. And I love that. But that's kind of what we needed because we needed more threes. But I felt like we needed more playmakers, and I feel like that hurt us a lot all season, a little bit. And, and so, and, and then the other thing is just, Gobert is just awful. He, he has no offensive game whatsoever besides putbacks, dunks, and anything else he could get. Like, he, he, anything that's not five feet from the hoop, or even two feet from the hoop, he can't score. He has, he needs to get, he needs to get a hook shot. He needs to get some sort of, of move to get him to the hole. So that he can score a little more and get those little more points. Maybe can maybe average twenty points or nineteen or eighteen or a little more. Just push himself a little more to get some more offensive moves because he really is a one one trick pony. And so it's if a team could stop him, he doesn't score. And so it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard watching him and stuff. And I kind of like Favors a little better in that aspect because Favors has some more of a mid-range game a little bit and has more moves to the hoop and he's all faster and stuff and so I, I feel like if he could learn for favors a little more on how to get those stuff it would be great but and so this offseason is going to be a real struggle for the Jazz because like they need shooters and they have money but then they don't want to overspend on a player that come to play in Utah but they might have to, to overspend to play to come have them play. Like if they go after a Kemba Walker. Or Tobias Harris. Or D'Angelo Russell. Which they've been saying lately. Um, 
well, if let's go through it then. So Kemba Walker is we have to overpay him if he if he's going to come play because he wants to stay where, with Charlotte, which I don't know why he wants to because there's nothing going on there, but because he just gets he gets the max contract, super max contract, and he would fit great with the Jazz. His defense is not the greatest, but his offense is what we need, and I think he would be a better efficiency with Donovan Mitchell. Um, coming to Utah, but it's just we might have to overpay him, and I don't think the Jazz want to do that. And then you got Tobias Harris. Now, Tobias Harris, if we go get him, well, that means Donovan Mitchell's become point guard most likely, or the Jazz maybe go find someone that's a like a Patrick Beverly or someone similar to that, where he is somewhat a point like a point guard, but doesn't need to be the scoring one or anything. Just needs to be the point guard to run the offense and do everything. But, but that one's have to be a full time because there's Donovan Mitchell that can do it and Joe Ingles that can help too. So, um, and then, but if we get Tobias Harris, it would almost have to be we have to get rid of Derek Favors. And same thing if we got Kim Walker, we'd almost have to get rid of Derek Favors because of uh, the money and everything like that, which I don't want because I like Derek Favors. I like him a lot. He he's a true thing. But like Tobias Harris, we got him. He'll be playing like our power four type of style, a stretch four guy. And so that would be hard. And then you got D'Angelo Russell. Well, if they get him or go after him, which it sounds like they it sounds like they have a good they have a good chance at it now because uh the Nets have, the Nets the Brooklyn Nets have uh, two uh max contracts that they could give out that they're gonna try to go after Kyrie Irving. And if they get Kyrie Irving, D'Angelo Russell, if they if they keep D'Angelo Russell, I don't know if they want that, but if they get Kevin Durant to come instead of go to New York or wherever he goes, I don't really care where he goes. But if you if but if say he goes there, if they could get him to Mac Contra, D'Angelo Russell's out. And so then the Jazz have a really good shot at that. And I think right now is where I think I see the Jazz going after is him. But he would be a there and they wouldn't mind giving him the max contract. Well, I don't know if I would like to give him the max contract, but I think the Jazz are, are, would take him because of his um, development that could still happen. He's still young, and he, he could develop and grow even more. Like, he, like last season was a really good season for him and, and got the Nets to the playoffs and all that and played really well. But, and so like, and so like a lot of people have been debating and seeing on Twitter and other stuff that he... Like, who would you rather have? Tobias Harris or DeAndre Russell? Well, Tobias Harris is a better player right now. Right now. But in two years, is he better or worse than DeAndre Russell? Would you, would you mistake of taking him over DeAndre Russell? Because you kind of know what you're going to get from Tobias Harris in some aspect. You kind of know what you're going to get with DeAndre Russell. But he he's still young and he could grow and and develop and do stuff. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the Jazz do. Because if they really go after just a shooting guard, then Donovan Mitchell's the point guard. Or they give it to someone else on the Jazz to kind of run it. But doesn't need to be a scoring type. Just kind of run it, you know. But then, at the same time, then they need to have a power forward out there. Or a stretch four type of guy then. And so that makes it kind of hard to go after. So, in my aspect, D'Angelo Russell would be more of my look because then we can, we might be able to keep Derek Favors in the way of how the lineup and how everything w- would look, which would be my 
kind of thing. And then whoever else they get, I don't know. I don't know much about the draft. I don't know. Like, I know Jazz have this and that. They, they always trade in the draft. They always do stuff in the draft to, to get players that draft really well. And I hope that they're trying to find, like, the next Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell in that draft, which it could happen. You never know. With the NBA draft, it's it's the lottery, and sometimes you win, you lose from that. And so I just feel like the Jazz have this big opportunity in front of them. It's crucial. And then the other thing I don't really like that happen is Rudy Gobert getting um, All-NBA because, well, it makes it hard for the Jazz because now he gets the Supermax, and I'm not a big fan of Supermax because some in some aspects I understand why they do it, and in some aspects I hate it because... The teams that have a superstar on their team that, like, let's say, let's say, like the Charlotte, like Charlotte Bobcats have, they have the, they have him, but then their, but then all their money goes to one player, and so like you, it takes thirty five percent of your, of your team's, money to sign that one player for five years, and then if you go get another max contract or whatever or whoever, and sign him, then there's 65% of your of your team's contract, and it's really hard to get players to come play in a small market to go um, play with those two, with on that team to get players. Unless you get no-name players and, you know, cheap players, but you can't get any good veterans or someone that would just take a little less to go play. And so in, my, and so in some aspects, it's hard to... It's, it's, not good for the game, but in some aspects it is because it's trying to keep those teams from being good enough to let the stars go, your star players go to bigger markets and stuff. So in some aspects, it's a, it's a, it's I like, but I don't like. Mostly I don't like, but I get why they do it too, and it just makes it hard. But for the Jazz, especially because then if we do give. Um, go bear the mat, that super max. Then in two years, you're probably have to get Donovan Mitchell a super max, which, and then that's a lot of um, a lot of money just for those two players. It's like sixty five percent of what I was hearing, or something like that. And so then if you go if then if you go sign someone else that much money, you you're really hindering our our team. You're gonna have to roll with you know whoever you get, and then, and then Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert for the next five years after five or six years or whatever how long it is and so then you then the hard part is you gotta start you, you gotta you gotta find those players that are willing to take less to stay with the jazz and then you gotta and then you're gonna have guys that are gonna come and succeed really well like rice o'neill let's say he plays it let's say next season he he has a breakout season season and just plays out out of his mind or really good and then all of a sudden he's a free agent and wants a lot of money and it's like oh we don't have the money for you to see it by it's like really hard when you like that player and he's really good and so in some aspects it's really hard and so then i'm then i go back to um one of the uh, the, the jazz recent teams that had success was that team that had darren williams Carol Inko, Derek Fisher at the time for that one little season, Mehmet Orker and Boozer, and and then you had then you had Harpring on the bench. And I mean that team was super good, like they were dominant, and it was so much fun to watch. But like they couldn't get over the hump. Like an article, like um, Boozer did an article that uh, we're talking to someone about coming to Utah playing for the big. 
three-on-three ice cube league, and he was saying that it was really hard because, like, we could beat these teams. We could beat most teams, but we couldn't beat the Lakers or Spurs because we needed some bigger players. We needed some, you know, some stuff, and and they just they were short. They were they were missing one guy, one or two guys maybe, or someone, and they were just too small. They didn't have anyone at the time, and it was just like. It was interesting to hear him say that, and I was just thinking about how this team kind of um, is the same style that the Jazz kind of want to make right now. Besides, they don't need to be big; they need to kind of it, the game's kind of gotten a little smaller, smaller lineup. But at the same time, it's, if you look at it you know, on that team, they were dominant. They had a dominant style point guard that was pretty much the best point guard in the league at the time, and just built well and had handles. And I think. And I think Donovan Mitchell can be that same type of type of way, and then we just gotta you know tweak the team and find those shooters in the in the rough that we, that we can get for a good decent price because you know it's hard to it's hard to have people come play in Utah, and I mean Utah's a great state to live in because like you know it's quiet it's peaceful it's a great place to raise a family and have. You know, good good time here. There's the mountains. There's skiing. There's the national parks. I mean, you got all the you got all this resorts in the summertime to work your tail off, to get in shape. You don't need to go to a gym. You just need to go up to the mountains and go run up those mountains and all types of stuff. There's so beautiful and so fun. And then like I know a lot of like NBA players go to the beach and go run on the beach and work out on the beach and hang out there and do that. And I get that. I love I love when I've been down there and done that. But the mountains here, you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to spend more money to go live somewhere else. Like I would, it's a great place. And I know a lot of NBA players and and stuff want nightlife and all that. Just forget about that. You don't need that. You don't need to waste your time. You your your life on that. Come enjoy, come to Utah and enjoy the funness that we have here. We have a lot of uh, cool, we have good fruit here. We have pretty good food for the most part and stuff. So I, I, I just, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm interested because Denon's, Denon's Lindsay is, you know, all over the, he, he has a lot of things that could happen and stuff. And so it's really interesting to see what happens now. What happens if this all falls apart? What happens if this doesn't work out? And I know Ricky Rub- and I know Ricky Rubio probably won't be coming back. But what if this all falls apart? What if they can't get someone better, like they've told, like they have, like they said to Ricky Rubio that it's not the priority. Is what if this all falls? What if they can't get anything better? And so they have to go back to uh, Ricky Rubio if he doesn't get an offer before the jet. That happens. And they and they said we want you back because we can't get anything better. Did the Jazz get better? No, unless they added some other players or did something to get the bench better. Wise, then it, it's hard. So in some aspects, I like I I love Ricky Rubio and what he's done for the Jazz. He was the right player at the, at the wrong time because we needed a lot more shooting. The game has just gone to a fast-paced shooting, high-percentage game. Shooting a lot of threes and not my favorite looking game. It's it's not pretty to me. It's not as fun as the old Carmel Stockton, Michael Jordan, even like Young Shaq and and Barkley and and Iverson style. It was there's none of that much, and so it's like it's really hard to just 
for that, and he would have fit perfect back in those days, Ricky Rubio would. And even the earlier days, like when Darren Williams was out, like when he first came out, those times would have been great for him. He would have been amazing. But now it's just a lot more shooting more than ever. And if you're not a good, consistent shooter and, 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 and stuff, it's really hard to have you on the team. It's really hard when a team doesn't have a lot of shooters and you, we have to make you be a shooter. And so that's hard. And so I don't know. Like, we'll just be interesting to see what is going to happen. Let me know what you guys think. Um, who should join the Jazz? Who the Jazz should go after? Uh, or who they should get rid of? Um, what they should do? Uh, just let me hear your thoughts. And, and let's have a good discussion about this. Like, I want to talk about it. Um, and just, you know, hear what's going on. What else? Even some little, like, little people. Like, people might not even hear that should, you know, Jazz should go after or whatever, you know? And so, yeah, that's, um, I hope the Jazz just do something, something this year that, because it's a big, it's a, it affects the next five years, let's just say that, at least almost the next five years. And so, I hope they do something that really pushes us to the next level. Hope at least, at least gets us to a second round series that we can win, almost. That we can feel like we could win. The, the, if we go to the second round, we can win. Instead of going to, oh, we're so lucky to just get to the second round again, and hopefully we can maybe win one, one or two games, maybe, and get out. No, I want I want it to be where Jazz can get to the second round of the playoffs and be like, we can win this series. And then, you know, win it or come very, very close to winning it, like a game seven or something. And so then they just got to keep, they just got to find those little, tweak the screws, find those little uh, notches and little things, little players and and maybe even some staff members that can just you know help and some mentors and some other stuff that could really influence the jazz to do a little better and so i just i i hope and pray something good happens so let's let's all hope and pray let's all hope and um encourage and give our little intake because in some aspects, I think they do look into that. I, some aspects, I think, us talking about it a little bit might give them, give us some hope that something good's coming, make us feel good, just, you know, in some aspects. And so there's a lot of, the NBA is going to be, it's going to be a lot different than what it was this season. It's going to be a lot different because there's so many teams that are, so much money and so much stuff and players want to go some places and this and that and the other. And so it might get even harder next year to to make the playoffs if you're in the West and even in the East. Let's see where whatever happens there too. And so it's just gonna be crazy offseason. There's just gonna be a lot of movements and a lot of pieces and going everywhere. And one other story I'm gonna talk about. Um, Paul Pierce he came out and confessed what um, he did when he. He faked an injury type of thing and got a wheelchair and came back and all that in, in the finals. Well, he came back and said he had he had to go to the bathroom because he pooped his pants. I mean, a grown man pooped his pants. He said he had a little he had a little coming out, and he's, and I'm and I'm just like, oh my goodness! I was kind of just like laughing at that. It was so funny. I mean, like seriously. Like, like, I understand, like, that happens. I understand that, like, full-heartedly. But the way you did it, 
like, could have just been like, I need out coach and run to the locker and come back and whatever, you know, and just told, and just leave it out that, whatever. We would all would have understand and would have figured it out eventually. But, I mean, like, the way you did it was just, like, you were playing the crowd, you were playing the team, you were, you were just playing us the whole time. It, it, it just was, oh my goodness, just hilarious, the funniest thing yesterday when I found that, when I heard that. And so it's just like, Paul Pierce, wrong time, the wrong place, but I understand what you had to do, but don't get that wheelchair out. Don't play like you're injured. You played it like you're injured, but, but you're probably at yourself at the same time, we're probably just like, I just embarrassed myself on national TV with a million other people watching this, like. Millions, and it's just in his head, he was probably just like, I feel like an idiot, I have to do it this way, or whatever. And so, he's you know, he just shrug it off and, and go on with life, you know. And so, it's kind of funny, but it was stuff like that, it, you know, it's it's hilarious to hear when people finally tell out the truth or tell out what actually will happen and stuff. So, yeah, and so just follow me. Um, I'm on Twi- I'm on uh, Spotify now and some other um, podcasts, I guess. Wherever um, the the app I use is Anchor, uh, but they like to they ask us to distribute it, so they distribute it everywhere. So yeah, you can follow it. Uh, just uh, give me some feedback on how this went and what else you want me to talk about. Give me some topics and I will talk about them my opinions on them if you want to join my podcast just hit me up and we can um, schedule a time and a place and whatever to figure out how it's work so um, you guys stay righteous